Hello, everyone, and welcome to Secret Keepers Club. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. So happy to have you here. As always, my name is Carly Aquilino. I'm your host. Got a bunch of emails that you guys sent in to secretkeepersclub at gmail.com that we're going to get to. A bunch of things that I want to chit chat with my girls about. Um, and Mr. Stanley Tucci is being so cute sitting right next to my computer, just staring at me. I'm like, is he, what the hell is up with this man? And my boys had a rough night last night because I had said to my, my friends, I'm like, oh, I just put my tree up just a three, three of my girlies. I said, I just put my tree up, just come over. I'll, we'll have like girl dinner and, you know, and we'll just have some drinks. Girl, tell me why we were ch- chatting till 4 a.m. My friend looks at her phone. She's like, oh, my God, I got to go. Like, I got to call an Uber. I'm like, what time is that? Well, I thought it was like 1231. Girl, it was four o'clock in the, in the damn morning. And we had Tooch and we had Robert walking around, kind of looking around because they wanted a little piece of the cheese board, which they with Stanley had a little piece of brie. OK, Robert didn't like the brie, which is crazy to me. Because Robert will literally eat a car battery. Okay, but we drank so much. First of all, I love having it's kind of like a no pressure party. You just have a few people over and put some snacks out. I did like a veggie tray, a cheese and meat, you know, like different types of cheese and um, like pepperoni and, and shit like that. And then uh, some fruit and like, just like little snacks, snack, chips and dip. And then I made, the only thing I made was, um, like just like pasta salad, tortellini, cheese, you know, tomato, whatever, just mix it all up in a bowl. So easy. And it's like perfect snacky food. What I want to do next time. And you guys, I think this actually might be the best idea I ever had. I want to have a dip party where it's like, it's just all different dips and all different things you can dip in it. What? That's the most fun you'll ever have without taking your clothes off. Okay. So I think I'm going to do that next time. My friend got here and she was like, I was just thinking on my way here. This is just like the nicest thing. It's no pressure. It's like, I'd rather do this than like go out to a bar. I'm like, I hear you sister. So had so much fun, passed the hell out. I've been on the best sleeping schedule and I think this screwed me up, but it's okay. I'll get back on it tonight. Um, but anywho, I just got back from England a few days ago and I had such a nice trip. It was, it's kind of like, I went there at the same time last year, like literally the same day last year. And I really liked it. It's a great this time of year because it's not super, super cold. Like it was definitely a little bit colder than I was picturing. Um, But it's just like so festive and the Christmas lights and it's so cute over there. And you guys, I'm going to tell you, I had the best little staycation while I was there. I went by myself to the English countryside And I stayed in this beautiful, cozy, like castle. Like it was like, uh, well, it's technically not a castle. It's a manor, whatever that is. But took me a million years to get there. I took a train, you know, trains, planes, cars, and automobiles. And I get there and I'm like, oh my God, this is the most like cozy situation. It was beautiful. I was simply the only person there that wasn't like, with their husband. It was just that simple. I walked in and I said, Oh, hi, I'm just checking in. And they said, well, who's going to be joining you? And I said, just me, myself and I girl. And the girl was like, Oh, and she was kind of like, Hmm. And then she took me up to the room and she was like, I just want to say, like, I think it's so cool that you're doing this. I hate when people are like, (laughs) When people are like, they think you're so brave for not being in a relationship. She was like, I think you're so cool. Like for doing this, like just taking yourself on a little trip. Like, do you do stuff like this? Like all the time? I was like, I do it every once in a while, but it's just like a nice, like, you know, I stayed there for a night. It wasn't that big of a deal, but I I had the best. It was the best night I've ever had you guys. Oh my God. It was so relaxing. I had a nice dinner, like I had, um, steak for dinner. 
I had this beautiful, like humongous, like clawfoot tub in my room and I took a bath. I was so relaxed. I felt like a whole new person by the, by the next day. Like if you could go away for one night and stay in a little something somewhere, go do it. It is the most fun you'll ever have without taking your clothes off. (laughs) Can you tell I like that saying? Um, but yeah, it was good. It was also nice to come home and not eat food. That's only Brown. So that was like really refreshing. Once I ate a vegetable, you know, I felt good. Once I got back to the USA, because one thing about you guys already know how I feel. If you're going to order food in England, you're going to, you know, what color it is, girl, it's Brown. It's, it's a mincemeat pie or it's a deep fried egg or it's, Hey, by the way, I'm not mad at it. It's good. They have the best Indian food over there. Oh my God. I ate so much Indian food. I went to all the good places. It was just so nice. So anywho, I'm good. I'm feeling frisky and I'm ready to go. Oh my God. My friend last night said (laughs) we were talking about something. She's like, were you feeling Randy? I was like, Randy. I mean, let's bring back Randy. Too damn good. Um, what also have I been doing? And I, I was doing this, like, I would say for the last like month and a half, what I've been watching, I rewatched Gilmore girls. Okay. And it's one of these shows that every time I watch it, I, I see it differently. Like kind of like how, when I rewatch sex of the city, I went, Oh, Carrie's the worst. You know what I'm saying? I like rewatched the original. I'm like, Oh, the outfits had me uh, thinking something different the first time. So with Gilmore Girls, I'm kind of like, first of all, Rory makes pretty bad decisions and she doesn't learn from her mistakes. It's one thing you're a young girl, you you know, maybe she didn't see the the good things in Dean when they were first. But then she's like cheating on people. She's lying. She's being selfish. She's like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about that. And then I look at Lorelai and I'm like, she's kind of the same way. She's, she can't commit. She's cheating. She's doing this, this, and that. Mm -mm -mm. The Gilmore girls are on my shit list. Okay. And I'm pretty deep in what, what episode am I on? Season seven. I will say girl, Luke is goals. That man, I know that it's like, I know that he's put there to be that guy, that like big, sexy, burly, simple man, right? But God, I love him. They did a great job casting him because I have the biggest damn crush on him. I always have. And then my other favorite character in the whole series is um, Luke's sister's husband. I think he's so funny. He cracks me up. Anywho, that's what I'm up to. Okay, you guys, just a quick word from our friends this week. Secret Keepers Club is sponsored by Factor. Cooking at home can be so annoying. You make a casserole and you're stuck either with it all for a week or throwing it out. Perfectly good food. Just get Factor, America's number one ready to eat meal delivery service. They'll get you eating well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef prepared, dietitian approved meals that show up right at your doorstep. Everything is pre portioned out so you don't have to deal with fridge half eaten leftovers. Uh, meal times take two minutes. Just pop it in the microwave or on a skillet, heat it up, and you're ready to go. I absolutely love Factor meals. They are so delicious, like restaurant quality. I've been eating them for a really long time, and I love the convenience of having a healthy, balanced meal. It is so perfect, so delicious. I love Factor. I've tried all of their stuff. Um, They also have a ton of different options. Choose from 35 meals every week. This definitely beats eating those three-day-old leftovers. Head to factormeals.com slash secretkeepers50 and use code secretkeepers50 to get 50% off. That's code secretkeepers50 at factormeals.com slash secretkeepers50 to get 50% off. We also have my tried and true, my tried and tried and true, 
neutrophil. We all know the feeling you find the perfect hairstyle to go with an outfit only to realize that your hair is just too thin. Before you rush to the salon to get a full head of pricey extensions, turn to neutrophil. Neutrophil is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement and uses science-backed ingredients to target root causes of hair thinning. This brand has you take a quiz, figure out why your hair is thinning, and then gives you a specific formula to get back those luscious locks. You guys, I get compliments on my hair length and, and how nice my hair looks all the time. And I've been using Nutrafol for years now. Um, I really like, I take it every morning and I just love it. I noticed a difference probably within like, I know they say six months, but I feel like I noticed around like four, four or five months that my hair was growing like a weed and like getting just nicer, healthier, shinier. And I love it. You can take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the girlies $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code SECRET. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code SECRET. That's Nutrafol.com promo code SECRET. Um, let's get to some of these emails that you guys sent into secretkeepersclub at gmail.com. Um, this one says, I'm not driving, man edition. Okay. Uh, my lovely Labrador type man has kind of been listening. I always talk about your podcast to him, thinking that maybe he's only half listening. Uh, while out to dinner tonight, I ordered a large Pellegrino for the table, pinkies up. And the waiter came over and opened the bottle. He poured me a glass. He started to pour my man a glass and my man making full eye contact with me, puts his hand in front of the glass and says, I can't, I'm driving. (laughs) I died. The waiter actually laughed and I couldn't stop giggling. Plus it wore my heart that he is one, this silly and two kind of paying attention to what I'm telling him. Very grateful. How cute is that? Then she says, I have a lifetime worthy story about an ex that I want to build a podcast series about. This ex faked a high level job for years, was prosecuted for this fake job, forged serious documents, faked an illness to collect money and so much more. But I did. I don't even know where to start. Any advice? Ooh. So maybe, okay. I'm trying to think of what you can listen to kind of like for inspo. It's kind of reminding me of, um, the podcast Scamanda, like Scamanda, S-C-A-M. She faked uh, an illness for many, many years and was doing, I'm not going to give too much away because it was actually a pretty good listen. Um, You guys should listen to it. And maybe kind of like listen to that for inspo and get the format down. Trying to think of how they relayed the story it was really in depth and she did a great job at interviewing, um, her people that she knew in the past, her old friends, her old employees, like just all of these different things. She really, really did an in-depth, um, look into it, which I really appreciate. I love a true crime. I love a scammer. One thing about me, I love a scammer. I've seen every single scam documentary, scam podcast, if you, if God forbid, there is a new series out about a cult, about someone saying, Hey, if you join my cult, I'll make your dog live forever. And this lady's like, all right, yeah, no, I'll join it. <laughs> God, I love, I love it. But yeah, listen to things that are similar, kind of like for, for inspiration, get the format down, take some notes. Um, this one says time to break up with my boyfriend. Oh, never mind. She told me not to read it. Hold on. Seems like they got back together, right? This one says the bitch is back. Hey there. I'm new to your podcast. In an episode, you were saying that you were having a tickle in your throat. Ask your doctor about benzon, benzonatate, benzonatate, benzonatate. <laughs> She says, I was on a ventilator and had that tickle after. Have a great day. Okay, I will ask my doctor once I stop hating my doctor. But I will look it up. I will look into it. Thank you for for, um, the suggestion. 
This one says Michael Imperioli's new Upper West Side Bar. Ooh, I'm going this week with one of my friends. Hey, girly pop. Hope you're living it up in London, Bipes. You better get your tushy back to NYC without incident because your sweetie baby honey pie just opened a bar on the Upper West Side. Michael Imperioli opened a bar on 83rd in Amsterdam. Um, And then she goes, I also have to mention that myself and two of my secret keepers besties used to live on that same block. Anyway, now I'm in Williamsburg right by your other fave and was wondering why I never freaking run into you. So my, my other fave, she put in parentheses, Bamontes. Fucking love Bamontes. I went, um, you know what? I went for my birthday. I love it there. I would go every week with my friend for a long time. And then we didn't really go over the summer because it's kind of like a winter, like cozy winter, fall kind of vibe. Um, so we didn't go over the summer and we were like, oh, let's start our tradition back up. But yes, I'm going to Michael Imperioli, a.k.a. Christopher Maltesanti. If you're not familiar, you know, that's my baby daddy. Um, I'm going to go to his thing this week, I think, with one of my friends. You guys know I love him. I went to go see his punk band when they were performing at Babies All Right, and I love them. I think he's the coolest guy. Uh, This one says breaking up. Hey, girly, love you in the potty and the handsome boys so much. I'm just going to jump into it. I've been dating this guy for about a year now. In August, I moved to Colorado to start grad school, and we've been long distance for about four months. He's been great and really sweet to me and has showed me how to love myself a lot more. We actually used to be friends with benefits when we were in high school and stopped when I moved for college. We were always friendly through the years and then reconnected when I moved back home. There were good uh, things were good while we were in the same city. But now that we have some distance, I'm realizing I think I just want to be single. I dated another guy all throughout college and got into something else right after it ended and started things with this guy. So I'm just kind of feeling like I never had time to be single. I'm starting to end things with him, but I uh, I'm scared. I'm sorry to end things with him because I love him still and I don't want to hurt him. How do you end things with someone when? nothing went wrong, but you're just not feeling it anymore. I also hope that we can stay friends still, but don't know if that's a bad idea. And then she sends a picture. Hold on. Let me see the picture of the dogs. Stop it. Girl, her dog, her dog. This is a picture. Perfect dog. His little face. Stop. And then her little black cat right behind, right next to it, sleeping on a pillow, looking so scary. (laughs) I want a black cat. They're so cute. I love when you take pictures of them. It literally looks like a, just a void in, in the photo. Oh my God, stop it. That stuff's so cute. So this is a really difficult situation. I think a lot of people have been in, like I've definitely been there where I'm like, this is such a great person. They really love me. I really love them. It's just like you have this feeling in your gut that you can't avoid and and there's nothing you could do about it. And that's okay. I think that you have to kind of look at it though, as like definitely change the way you're looking at the relationship. Um, I know you're like, I don't want to hurt him. And I understand that, but it's also like, you're, you don't want to waste his time either. Right. I think it's fair to end it now and spare him that, you know, if you guys date another six months, another year down the line, like it's going to be even more devastating and even more difficult to pull the trigger on. So I think you kind of have to look at it like, would you want to be with somebody that's not all in? No. So you don't want that for him either. Like, even though it's a, it's a difficult thing to do, it's really in his best interest too, because he deserves to be with somebody that he's a hundred percent, you know, that's a hundred percent sure about him and vice versa. I think it's easier to, um, make the move with it if that's how you're viewing it. And these things happen all the time. They happen all the time. I think sometimes distance really puts things into perspective. Um, and I totally relate to that feeling of like, I just want to be free. You know, I get it. I get it. Doesn't it's not, it's not an easy thing to do, but you'll feel better once you do it. It's kind of like a, you know, the a pressure off, off your shoulders. Um, okay. This one says help. He's Australian. Uh Oh, all right. No, that was British. Wait. All right. That was Australian. All right. 
That was Australian. Hey, Carly and the handsome gents. Love you so much, but let's get right into this. I have been dating this guy for about three months now, and he's the most perfect thing I've ever laid eyes on. He's six foot three. What? I'm a five nine girly, so this is very important. He has perfect hair and a perfect smile, and he's from freaking Australia, so he has the Australian accent. Yes, there is a picture attached. Oh, hold on. Pause. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Okay. I see what we're working with here. And also, who's this little cute golden retriever? Okay. So she, okay. She says he's so sweet and he takes the city bus to get to me a few times a week, which I think must mean that he likes me at least a little. He's 23 and I'm 20. Yes, we're just little babies, but here's the dilemma. Every summer he goes back to Australia for three-ish months. There's a girl in Australia who seemingly has a pretty deep past with And she's come up in conversation, which already is a gigantic red flag flapping in the wind, whacking me in the face. After he and I had just been seeing each other for about a month and a half, we were having the exclusive talk. And he told me about this girl in Australia that's still in his head a little bit, especially since they just spent last summer together, which wasn't very long ago. He said he doesn't want to promise me a serious relationship yet, and he won't be able to give me 100% of himself. His words exactly. They broke things off between them when he moved back to America, when he came back to America, but it looks like they kind of get back together every summer when he goes there. Over the past two months, we've established that we're exclusively only seeing each other, and he said he's not interested in seeing anyone else. I told him that I deserve someone that's 100% sure about me and not to ask me to be his girlfriend unless he's 100% sure that that's what he wants. So we're just in this exclusive but not exactly official situation. And there's an unspoken question of what will happen when he goes home this summer. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on this. Should I keep, should I have my eggs in other baskets still? Girl, you already know my answer to this. Do you think he has his eggs in other baskets? Anyway, love you so much and love the kitties. Um, Okay. Girl, you should absolutely be seeing other people. I don't believe in this. Well, let's be exclusive and not hook up with anyone else, but you're not my partner. Like it's one thing or the other. You can't just half-ass it. It doesn't make any sense. Somebody always ends up getting hurt because we've just seen these situations crumble a million times over. It's like, no, you don't get to be the only person that I'm seeing, but also not be my boyfriend. It's, it's totally, this is one of the only situations where I'm like, it's black or white. There's no gray area. You either are, or you aren't with him. So To me, I would just say I don't really feel comfortable being exclusive with someone that I'm not in a relationship with. It feels like you're getting all of the things that you want on your terms. And I simply won't I don't want to be with somebody that's not sure that they want to be with me. It's that plain and simple. I would personally probably like take some time like. I know you really like him and I know he's so cute and I know all of these things, but I would probably take some time away and like just see how you feel solo. You don't have to go on dates. If you feel like going on dates, like maybe put yourself out there and see how you feel like in in a situation like that. But I would take a step back. I think that we see it so often where we're pretty much committing to people for no reason. They're not promising us anything. They're not telling us, oh, well, I want to be with you. I like, I want you to be my girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. He's like, Hey, let's not hook up with anybody, but I don't know what's happening over the summer. Like, motherfucker, it's it's the fucking winter. I, I have a few months of this. And then what? I'm going to be devastated thinking about you surfing with with a dingo and this girl, please. Couldn't be me. I would say, all right. Have fun out there. Let me know. The Australian accent is really it's surreal, isn't it? That there's just a whole place where people talk like that. I'm all set. I get where you're coming from, but I would just say, I think like, I don't think we need to be exclusive. You go do whatever you want to do. I'm going to do whatever I want to do, but I'm not committing to somebody that's not my boyfriend. Like, it's just that simple. You're in or you're out. And you're young and, you know, I, I totally get where you're coming from. It's so hard because we almost look at it as like, 
when somebody breadcrumbs you like that, right. Where they're like, well, I want to be excluded. I don't want to be with anybody else right now, but I just don't want a relationship. It's like, okay. You, you kind of take that breadcrumb and you're like, oh my God, I've been starving for this. So this is enough to satiate me. Right? No. Um, I got quite a few emails about, um, Gina Nina Malady Jabelli from love, uh, <laughs> from love is blind season one. She's pregnant. And I, I saw her pregnancy announcement. I'm sorry. I didn't mention it, but I got so many like outraged emails from you guys going, are you not going to talk about Gina Nina Malady Jabelli? Like, girl, yes, I am. You know, I love Malady. Um, okay. This says I'm embarrassed, but I shouldn't be. Please help. Dear Carly and the sweetie baby boys, I've been listening to the potty for a while and it just brings me so much joy in all the feels. Thank you so much for what you're doing for the girlies. Oh, thank you. I'm writing in about something that feels silly, but it bugs me nonetheless. And I just feel stuck. So here it goes. I'm a writer. I've been writing since I was a kid and at the risk of sounding like a complete narcissistic maniac, I'm good at it. My problem is I'm so embarrassed to share my work. I don't know if anyone can relate, but it's like having this thing that I love and I know if I share it, it will resonate with people. But I think maybe what's holding me back is that all the people that won't get it. If I'm being honest, I'm afraid of people being mean. I'm afraid of my work being rejected. Being a writer feels like it's at the core of what I am, but what if I can't make it as one? What does it mean to really make it? To give you a little background, I'm a creative nonfiction writer. So memoir, personal essays, nature writing, true stories about love and life and loss and my own personal experiences. I've been working on a book for five years now. It's about my relationship with my first love, what it meant to me at the time and how it's shaped the aftermath of who I am today. It also parallels the relationship with my parents' relationship in an attempt to convey how we learn to love by example. On a larger scale, it challenges the idea, what if we only love one person at a time and it prods the question, what do we do with those feelings when the relationship is over? There's more to it, but I haven't really nailed the elevator pitch yet. So I'll stop explaining here. I think a lot of it is relatable and important to put out into the world. I've thought about starting by making my Instagram public and sharing excerpts there, like a lot of writers do and see where that goes. Part of me wants to share, wants to be seen and wants to connect with others through my work. Another part of me wants to protect the personal parts of my life and not post it for the world to see and comment on and judge. I recently read a Pablo Picasso quote that someone posted that said, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The, pur the purpose of life is to give it away. Those words really stuck in my heart and have felt like glue in my chest ever since. I think people like you and how courageous you are to share your art. If you never became a comedian, if you never confidently stepped into your own power and light, then this community, among many other things, I'm sure wouldn't exist. What a shame that would have been. I'm not saying I'd have that big of an impact, but I guess I'll never know unless I try. My main question for you is, did you ever feel that way about being a comedian? How do you get on stage? I can't be the only sensitive girly afraid of a mean comment. How do you shake them off and do it anyway? Okay, those are the three questions. All of my love and support for you. And then she adds pictures. Oh my God, girl, I was not expecting these cats to be this cute. Stop it. This first of all, why does your cat have socks on? Second of all, why is the other one sitting like that? Is he a professor? Um, I think it's very vulnerable to share something that you've created, whether you're a writer, a comedian, a singer, a painter, whatever it is, you're putting your you're being very vulnerable. You're putting your heart and soul out there, something that you've worked really hard on and you want it to be received well. There's a few things I think that you should think about when it comes to like sharing, right? No matter what you make and no matter how good it is, there's gonna be people that fucking hate it, right? That's just the way it is. If everyone liked it, there would be something wrong with it because that's the whole, like if it just appealed to everybody in the whole world and there wasn't somebody that was like, eh, not my cup of tea, then that means it's too easy. So think of it like that. Like no one has ever put something out there and not been criticized. Nobody great ever has either. So I think that's something that kind of will make it easier. And also like at the end of the day, when it comes to like negative comments, I mean, I get 
every single day I get DMs that are just like so stupid. And you just kind of have to go like, I don't fucking care. I'm doing what I want to do. If you don't like it, don't read it. Don't look at it. Don't watch it. Don't listen to it. Um, and that's it. And that's fine. You know, who, who cares? Also think of the people, the genuine people, just picture them in your head that are taking time out of their day to shit on a writer. You know, it's just like, all right, whatever. Um, just, you, you gotta just go like, okay, that's fine. If that's the type of person that doesn't like me, then, then I, that's fine. But I think you have to just take the leap. I think it'll feel good. And it's one of those things like, even though like the attention part of it might make you feel uncomfortable, I totally actually get where you're coming from with that because I kind of like am weird with stuff like that too. Like I feel very like, it's like self-promotion is like a visceral feeling for me. Like it just makes me like, and I know I'm in the wrong business because it's like that would, that's a major part of the entertainment industry, right? I totally get it though. So you just kind of have to like take the good with the bad. And, and, um, you know, if that's not your thing, unfortunately, that's one of the bad parts of it, but the good parts make it worth doing. So if I were you, I would, you've worked so hard on this book. Like you got to just rip the bandaid off and do it. And then it won't be so scary. Like, I think you're also scared because you've never done anything like this before. So there's this whole like abyss of the unknown, but I think, um, I think it'll be great. And you won't know unless you try. You got to just try. We, you have to take risks in life, even if they're scary. And hey, if it, if you don't like the way it feels, if you feel like it was too vulnerable, like then you don't have to do it anymore. But you got to try it. Otherwise, what were you working so hard for? Um, okay. Okay, this one says, help me, I'm sad. Hi, Carly and the Fuzzy Angel Princes. There are so many details I could include, but I'm just going to get to the point. What do you do if you've been with your boyfriend for five years and he won't propose? I've been bringing it up and wanting to get engaged for two years now. He says it's not if, but when, and he wants to get engaged, but he's broke and wants to find a nice ring. For some context, I make double his income and pay the majority of our bills. He pays me for half the mortgage on a house that I bought myself, and we have been living together now for three years. I accepted his reasoning for a while, but I understand that it's a big investment, but at the same time, People with no money get engaged all the time. So if he can't figure it out in two years, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. All of his friends work in finance and they spent 20, 30,000 on engagement rings, which obviously is crazy. He says he wants to spend 10,000, but I literally think that it's so excessive. And I told him that I don't care how much the ring costs is even if it's a real diamond or even if it's a real diamond. Part of me feels like he's just using this as an excuse to not propose since we've been dating. I have watched every member of his family and all of his friends, um, all but two of which were single when I first started dating him, get engaged. With each new engagement, I feel worse and worse. I don't want to keep bringing it up, but it's like every other week, every couple who we know has been dating less time than us has been engaged and I can't hide being upset. My issue now is that I feel like even if he were to finally propose, I wouldn't even feel excited. I would feel like he's just doing it because I asked him to. I love my boyfriend and I don't want to break up, but at the same time, I don't know where I'm supposed to go from here. I just have such a sad, icky feeling about it. And I know that's not how it's supposed to be. I've been stewing over this for so long now, and I knew it was time to get advice from the professional. You and the girlies always give such thoughtful advice and... I hope this gets read on the potty. P.S. I'm including pictures. Oh, let's see the pictures. Oh, hi, Gorgina. Wow, you're so pretty. You have pretty eyes. <gasps> so I totally um, feel for you on this. If this is something that you want and you've been you know, asking for, I get where you're coming from you feel kind of stuck. You feel like maybe your relationship has plateaued. And the thing that sucks about it too, is like, 
you know, sometimes if you live together and you're both just like, you kind of feel like you're married already. So it's like, why is giving me a ring like the biggest deal to you? We're already, we've been together for five years. Everyone we know has gotten engaged. We already live like a married couple. So what am I supposed to do? So I get where you're coming from. And it's something that's important to you. It's something that you want and you're looking for, looking forward to it in your life. Um, but I also understand the other side of it where it's like, it would feel almost like disingenuous if he proposed. Cause you're like, did you really want to do this? Or are you just doing this because I've brought it up? Um, you know, I think that it's, first of all, if you have been in this situation, please, please reach out because we need to hear from, from some girls that have, have been here before. I think that, and I'll read it on, on next week's, next week's episode, trying to think of what I would do in this situation. I would probably like, if it was important to me, I would just like, it's bothering me so much too, that it does kind of feel like a cop-out that he's like, well, I don't have the money to buy you this specific ring. It's like, you're willing to say like, Hey, I don't care. I will take a, you know, I don't even need a real diamond. I don't care how much the ring costs. And to me, that's what it is. It's more like, it seems like you're more focusing on like the promise of it all. Like the, the thing that it's really all about, you're not like, don't give me a ring unless it's three carrots or whatever. Like you're being genuine about like the, the reason for being engaged. I don't know. I think this is something we got to, we got to phone a friend for. We got to ask the the other girls if it were me personally. And I, and I don't know if this is the right answer. I would probably stop bringing it up and see where it goes from there. Because I think at this point, if he does propose, you're going to be really paranoid about it. You know, you're not going to feel what you want to feel from it. So I would probably just leave it alone at, at this point. Um, but have a time in your head that, you know, I probably wouldn't share with him. I, I would have a time in my head, like, all right, if it doesn't happen before this time, like I need to find somebody else that's going, that has the same goals as me and, and will give me what I'm looking for. And obviously it's not this person because he's had X amount of time to get his shit together and to get me a ring. Like, you know, if he saved X amount of dollars per paycheck, a small amount in the last two years, X amount of dollars a week, he would have had more than enough money to buy you a nice ring, you know? So I think you can only use that excuse for a certain amount of time. Um, but I don't know. I would probably, you want to know what, this is like one of those things if, if certain things are really important to you, right? Like getting engaged, getting married, having children. I don't think there's anything wrong with when you first start dating someone, right? It doesn't have to be the first, definitely not the first date, but when you first start dating someone, when you feel like it's getting serious, I don't think it's too much to say, Hey, listen, I just want to let you know, like, I want to get married. I want to have kids period. What do you want? Because we hear it all the time that people get into relationships and they're together for years and years and they come to this crossroads and one of the one of them doesn't want the same thing as the other. And you just kind of go, well, this is what I want my life to look like. And you have to make that choice. But it's so far down the road. It's so much more painful that way than if you were to go like, listen, I want to have kids. I want to get married. If this is something that you're not interested in just that's cool just let me know because if you're not interested in it you're not my person or if you're wishy-washy about it like I don't really know how I feel and that way you can you'll you're in such a better position to make a decision to walk away um but I hate hearing stories like that it's so it's so annoying to me like I don't know. I, I just feel like it's so sad, you know, because it is like you honestly feeling icky is is the best word to describe it. 
And I think you have every right to feel the way that you feel. We also have bays. If you're heading home for the holidays, if you need a suitcase that can keep up with your plans, whether you're packing presents for the family or a cute date night outfit for your hometown crush, Bays has you covered. Their luggage was created by actress Shay Mitchell, who needs to be able to bring a lot of stuff. So it was designed for heavy packers in mind. These suitcases are incredible. Anything you want to pack, there's a pocket for. Every feature you can dream up of, Bays has. They've got a cushion handle, 360-degree gliding wheels, a built-in weight indicator, and even washable bags for your dirty clothes. You guys, I love my Bay's Weekender bag. I use it all the time. I took it as my carry-on for a really long trip. It fit everything. It was iconic because they have this like bottom compartment that's all for shoes. Wow. How did we not think of this before? Okay. I really, really love their stuff. I love that they have a weight indicator because I'm always wondering if I'm, if my luggage is going to be overweight, underweight, if I'm traveling, if they're going to charge me a freaking arm and a leg to bring it on the plane. I love it. So (laughs) for shorter trips, they do have their weekender bag. That's the one that I have. It's a very sleek look and it still fits a ton of stuff right now. Bays is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting baystravel.com slash secret. Go to baystravel.com slash secret for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash secret. And then dun, 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 dun. we also have happy Viking. This is a new one. You guys who says plant protein powder has to taste bad. Enter happy Viking, the protein and superfoods powder created by Venus Williams. God, I love Venus Williams. I love Venus and Serena. They are iconic. Each two scoop serving is packed with 20 grams of plant protein, one full cup of fruits and vegetables, and the benefits of more than 60 superfoods, vitamins, and minerals. I love stuff like this because you're, I, we, I don't think I ever have focused up until recently. I never focused on getting enough protein. Um, but I was finding myself feeling really sluggish and kind of just like drowsy and weak and, and all of that, all the bad stuff. And I realized, oh, I need to have more protein throughout the day. I wasn't really eating any of it. So I've been keeping track of it and I do feel so, so much better. So Happy Viking is everything you need in one plant-based shake, protein, vitamins, minerals, probiotics, prebiotics, fiber, electrolytes, and only two grams of sugar. Happy Viking helps boost lean muscle, sustain energy, digestive health. Oh, you know, we love that over here. Mm-mm-mm. Brain power and immune support. It comes in six delicious flavors, triple chocolate, vanilla beans, strawberry smoothie, granada colada, iced coffee, and cookies and cream with no gritty or chalky taste and other protein powders. Happy Viking protein and superfoods powder made by tennis champion Venus Williams is hands down the best tasting plant protein powder out there. Visit drinkhappyviking.com and use code secret for 20% off your first purchase. That's 20% off at drinkhappyviking.com with code secret. Um, This one says, am I going to get fired? Hey, Carly and co needing some advice on how to address a slightly uncomfortable situation at one of my jobs for a bit of background. I'm a part-time dance instructor in my hometown. I've been there for about five years and I was also a student there growing up. My coworkers, including my boss have known me for the majority of my life and see me through and has seen me through every big moment thus far. Now to the issue at hand, dance is a year round activity and I work with both our competitive and recreational company. I love what I do and I love the kids that I work with, but I've been experiencing some serious burnout lately. I have a real quote unquote real job, um, which is incredibly taxing and usually goes straight there to dance at nine or 10 until nine or 10 PM multiple nights a week. I can't imagine my life without it. So I make it work. The largest cause of my anxiety lately is that I will not be at our spring recital in May this year. I have plans to be out of the country on a trip with my dad. And I told my boss several months ago, um, and she gave me the impression that she thought I was joking. I was very much not joking. As much as I do love my boss, they can be hard to read at times and they aren't always consistent in their responses or expectations. I'm afraid bringing this back up will only end making things uncomfortable for me, but I don't want to wait until it's too close to the performance and leave people scrambling. 
I'm good at what I do. And I know she's not going to do anything crazy, like fire me, but I'm having a really hard time navigating and dealing with my anxiety about the whole thing. Part of me is like, I gave my heads up. Her thinking it was a joke is fully not my fault. And the other part of me knows that it's probably not the best attitude to have about the subject. I know I need to have this conversation. I'm just not sure when the right time is or how to go about it. Any tips or advice is much appreciated. So I would just kind of do a follow-up with her and say, um, Hey, I don't know, of course, like the logistics of it, but something along the lines of like, Hey, I was wondering if you know, who's going to fill in for me for the recital. That way we could do like a little, you know, a little chit chat before I leave period. That's it. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page before I leave, you know, let whoever you were going to have cover me for the recital, just reach out to me if, if she needs any, any tips or anything. There you go. And then if she says something to you about it, go, no, I, I told you about it. Like, don't feel guilty for taking this time. You're experiencing like you're, you're experiencing burnout because you're so overwhelmed. And I think something that we have a hard time doing is taking a step back and going like, okay, I'm going to do something for me. Right. You don't owe like this job 24 hours a day, 365. You know, you're allowed to take time and do something for yourself. I think it's a healthy thing to do. I think you'll feel better and more refreshed. And you're spending quality time with your family. Like to me, it's like, girl, don't feel guilty about this. You have to do things for you. Otherwise, if you if you feel burnt out for a long enough time and this has happened to me like a couple of times, I feel like I lose my identity. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't have these like little like life experiences that make me feel so happy and and joyful and connected to people that I have in my life. Like you kind of lose a sense of identity when you're not um, doing anything for yourself. You're not doing things that you enjoy. So I, you got to go period. There's nothing wrong with you going and you have to just, I would just do a follow-up. And if she says something like, Oh, why would you think I was joking? That's like, not even funny. (laughs) You know, you don't have to like, that's what I would do. You don't have to say it like that, but I would go, Oh, like, I can't even believe that you thought that was a joke. Like what, what was the punchline that I'm taking that I'm going on vacation? (laughs) but don't feel guilty about it. It's one of those things though. The sooner you do it, the better you're going to feel. Um, cause it's just going to be something that you're not, you know, you, you'll take a lot of worry out of it. I know you're not going to get fired. This one says, was my friend zone a mistake? Hey, Carly and the cutie babies. First of all, love you. Thanks so much. Love you too. My ex and I are only friends because our mutual love for you and your hand chair story. (laughs) Otherwise, he's dead to me. Anyway, oh, thank you so much. Here I am, midnight on a Saturday night, stalking a dude that I friend zone in the spring of 2022. We met on an app. We went on a few dates. We went snowboarding and had a trip together. I thought he was boring, in parentheses, didn't drink, and sure, in parentheses, 5'8". He continued to text me asking me what we were, and I sent him right into the friend zone. He took it very personal and told me that he didn't want to be just friends, and we didn't speak except for an exchange of Instagram story likes. Uh, Fast forward to now, I am caught up wondering if I should try this again. Mm -mm -mm. He was so sweet. Mm -hmm. And I really don't feel like I gave him a fair chance. I was drinking a lot back then and in a different headspace. We have a lot in common. We even have the same birthday and we do a lot of the same things. So I guess my question is, am I grasping at straws to try and date someone, anyone in parentheses, 2023 was not the year of love for me, or could my new headspace in parentheses, sober therapy, 35 and clock ticking be sending me into the direction of someone who could actually be a good fit for me. I realize this is all very broad. So any advice that you would have would be great. Do I date the guy I just friends that, that I friend zoned? Let's assume he would take me back with open arms. No question asked. I've attached a photo of us on our snowboarding trip. He's short, but he is cute. I love a short King. I don't care. I've also attached a picture of my dog. Oh, let me see. Stop. The dog is so cute. Oh, and you guys are cute on your little mountain, on your little mountain. Wow. That background is gorgeous. It looks fake. So 
I, I said, I shook my head when you said, should I reach back out? Because I think everyone, I don't know what it is, especially this time of year, everyone's kind of going, was that guy really that bad? Should I just call him? I did that recently. And I'm like, oh my God. And it's so funny because I had said to my friend, like that guy was so good. Like I, we had gone, we were dating for a little bit last year and he was just like, he was a lot. He was very intense. And I had ended things because I was like, dude, this is so intense. He was like, wanted to buy me an apartment. He was like doing way too much. He's like, can you come to my apartment? I want you to decorate it. So you feel comfortable there. I'm like, what the hell is this guy on? Okay. He was from France and that's very, very French. It's very French for if a guy holds your hand one time, that's you're his wife. Okay. That's the French way. That's the Italian way. That's the way they do it. That's the way they get down. But I was just like, oh, I didn't like it. It felt like really weird to me. And I was saying to my friends, I'm like, I don't know. Should I just reach out to that guy? And it was totally split. One of them said, uh, one of them said, you should reach out to him. I, I always thought you were crazy for ending things with him. My other friend went, girl, are you insane? He wanted to like, he, he wanted you barefoot and pregnant within a month. Like you got to be careful. And then my other friend was in the, in the split decision. She's like, I don't know. Like you didn't like him for a reason. I think you just need to let, like, let it be, you know, leave it alone. So I get where you're coming from completely. With all that being said, like I'm that was like last week. And I the way that I haven't even thought about this man, one of my friends, we were out the other night and she said, so what ended up happening? Did you reach out to so and so? I said, who? <laughs> she said the French guy I went, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm all set. I'm all set on that. But I get where you're coming from. Tis the season. OK. I would probably just. You know, if you really feel like if you're just like trying to look at if you're trying to fill a space and you're saying, who was I with that wasn't that was a good person and that wasn't that bad. I don't think you should do it because it's like "Mm, that's still not like, you know, I always think about him and I have these romantic feelings for him. You're kind of like, I need to fill this space and if you didn't, I don't know, girl, I don't know how I feel about it. If you want to reach out to him, if you're feeling compelled for whatever reason, maybe hang out with him one more time. But I think that you're still going to feel the same way you felt about him. Um, yeah. And also 35 is not old. Oh my God. 35 is not old. I'd rather be 35 and single than 35 and with the wrong person that I settled for that I didn't really like, you know? Anywho, you guys, um, I think that, wait, hold on. This one says, girl, I don't know. Hi, Carly and the cool kitties. This is my second time writing in. So thank you for advance for listening to the shit show of a life. I am actually lost. I'm 26. I'm a cutie little teacher from New Jersey who has terrible luck with men pretty much my entire life. I wrote in once about a guy that I broke off my engagement for. His name was quote unquote Danny. I thought he was perfect and blue collar, dirty handed, kind of sweet, perfect angel boyfriend, which is precisely my type. Turns out that I spent a year and a half chasing him, basically begging to be his girlfriend when he said he just simply tell me that he could never give me what I wanted, but then would come back every few months to make empty promises that he could not fulfill. And I fell for it every single time. I just really wanted to be with him. I'm going to hit pause on this for one second because I have to say enough of this back and forth. I said to my friends last night, cause this guy reached out to me who I was like, girl, I'm avoiding this man like the damn plague. Okay. I don't, I haven't like, uh, for the last, like, I would say like year, a little over a year, he's been reaching out every once in a while, but I call him Punxsutawney Phil because he pops his head out, right? He's a little groundhog. He pops his head out. You see him. And then he just disappears. And it's like, listen, I, I'm not doing that. I don't, I won't 
be with someone who's inconsistent. Consistency is most important because to me, that is an action that shows me how you really view me in your life and that you're willing to, to fit me into your life. So no more of the fucking Punxsutawney fills. Okay. By the way, that's the name of the groundhog. Not the one that Bill de Blasio dropped on its head and then it died. The other one. So. Okay, so she says last month, I finally cut him off. I don't think he's a bad person for stringing me along all that time and making me promises he kept choosing not to keep, but it was honestly just so bad for my mental health. Since cutting it off, I've truly never felt uglier. My original wedding date was this past weekend, so I'm feeling really lost, I guess. Like I could have been married and have my life together, but instead I left for someone who never really wanted me. My ex-fiance has been on my phone begging to get back together and I could do that and that would be really easy, right? But it's just not what I want. I wanted him. I wanted Danny. I have tried dating and seeing what else is out there, but there's no one like him. Yeah, girl, that's probably a good thing. That's probably a good thing. Uh, I feel like an obsessive psycho about it, but it really frustrates me that he's so okay without me. He used to talk about moving into his house, trips that we would take together and just told me that I was his perfect match. And I really believed him. Girl, this, this man is a textbook narcissist. Read up on narcissism and, and dating a narcissist. This is what they do. I left a very toxic relationship thinking that he was going to be the light at the end of the tunnel, someone who would really treat me how I deserve. I really thought my life had turned into a romance movie. And I finally figured out that I was what it was like to be absolutely smitten by someone. I guess my problem is that I can't move on. I have him blocked, but I'm still hoping every day I somehow hear from him. I think about him all day long and every weekend I'm hoping that I'll run into him and he will see me flirting with other guys and be like, hey, that's my girl. Don't talk to her. But I'm aware that that'll never happen. How do I move on? How do I not compare everyone I see or talk to to him? I finally really hate myself. Oh my God, girl. Like, if I'm not good for him, would I ever be good enough for anyone? I've gained a lot of weight because I've just been really depressed and eating nonstop to keep myself busy. And I often just look at myself and don't even realize what I've become. I do not want to be this way. And I especially don't want to be this way because of a man who couldn't even use the word girlfriend without actually probably seizing and passing away. I feel embarrassed, ashamed, and just extremely disappointed. Please point me in the right direction. I literally don't know what to do. I have tears as I write this thinking about how fucking pathetic I am. Girl, first of all, first of all, you're not pathetic. This is totally, I'm just going to say this right now, straight off the bat. You finally ending things is the best. This is the best thing that you could have done. Okay. You're still, you still have feelings for him. You still have these things. And I, it's totally normal to, in your head, think of these scenarios of what if he just shows up at my door one day and begs for me back and blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, even if he does do that, he's still the same fucking guy. Okay. He showed his ass. You know what he is. You went along with it because he was promising you all of these things. And he was saying, oh, we're going to have you know, this together, we're going to move in together. We're going to do. Yeah. Okay. She'll put your money where your mouth is and, and ask me to move in with you. Then he didn't follow up with anything that he promised you. Like you have to take that at face value. He showed you what he was willing to give and it wasn't enough. It wasn't anything really. So I know that you feel like shit and I, and I get it and it's totally understandable. I've been there before but you have to just go like, oh, walking away finally was the thing that I did for me. You don't see it right now because you're still hung up on it. Of course, it was this was only what a month ago. OK. That was the best thing you could have ever done for yourself. That to me is self-care is, is walking away from some fucking cycle like this. Right. What you need to do right now is focus on yourself and your energy and, and the way that you feel, because there's really a, something to be said about when we feel like we're not good enough for someone. First of all, that's never the case of this scenario. It doesn't matter what you look like, how doesn't matter anything. There's just going to be people that it doesn't work out with. It doesn't matter if you're the most gorgeous supermodel in the entire fucking world. Okay. It just doesn't matter. 
sometimes it's just not a match. And sometimes the person that you're with simply doesn't deserve you. Like that's a thing too. I know women that are drop dead gorgeous that like go out with some crusty, dusty crouton. Okay. They go out with a living potato, Mr. Potato head. He's just a big potato with, with arms and legs and a fucking top hat and a mustache. And then I see these gorgeous girls sweating over them. Please. Okay. Please. Don't take it personal. Take it, take it as he spared you. Because who wants to be with someone that's so hot and cold for the rest of their life? Not me, girl. I think that you don't realize it now, but this relationship ending is the best thing that could have ever happened to you. And the reason why is because it taught it. You don't even know how much this taught you. You're going to be when you're dating, you're going to be like, oh, um, I'm, I'm stepping away from that because it reminds me of that guy. I got to take a step back from this because it's a red flag. It's it's triggering to me because that guy taught me a lot. And also, I think that I just want to say when you when you're coming out of something that you're not fully over yet, I think a lot of times you're encouraged or um, you feel like you have to fill this space, right? You're like, I'm just going to go on dates and I'm going to meet another guy and it's going to be fine. It doesn't work that way if you're still hung up on someone else. If you're still hung up on someone else, it doesn't matter what guy you're going to go out with. Like he could be perfect. He could be husband material. You're not going to like him because you're thinking about this schmuck, you know, going out and meeting other girls. So you got to give yourself a little bit of time and space and really go out when you feel as if you're ready to date um, and just leave it at that. But at the time, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Focus on you. Do things that make you happy, even if it's these small little joys that we feel like do things for you. And that's what you need to focus on. Don't worry about dating. Don't worry about what he's up to. Don't worry about bumping into him. Fuck that. Focus on yourself. Treat yourself better than the way that he treated you because you're kind of matching him right now. And it's not fair. Um, and that's, and that's just my two cents. Okay. Um, if you guys have any responses to any of the emails that we read today, or if you have any questions, you can send them into secretkeepersclub at gmail.com and we'll see you next week. Bye.